0: Life moves fast, and so do these episodes. You are busy juggling all the things, work, life, kids, relationships, and everything else nitty-gritty, but you have vividly wild dreams to get. My name's Melissa Rose, and let me just say, I get that growing a family and scaling a profitable business is no small feat, no matter how early we wake up or how much caffeine we consume. But I'm here to tell you, you can and will through consistent, inspired action. In this show, we're going to be encouraged we're going to be empowered and we're going to leave with a quick win that you can apply today in your business life or relationship sound good ladies let's get real
1: and now your host the consistency queen miss melissa rose who believes that any hour can be happy hour if you just commit to it
0: Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of In the Nitty Gritty. How are you? So great to be here, and I am super psyched for our awesome guest today. You guys are gonna love her. It kinda goes back to the foundation of who I am. Before we dive into that, I want to introduce myself. I'm Melissa Rose. I am a mama of five kiddos ages, 17 down to eight. I am a brick and mortar business owner. I also have an online platform via my coaching business here and a Dance On Demand membership. And this is my fun project in the nitty gritty where we share stories of ladies juggling business, kids, relationships, and all things nitty gritty in their life. And this podcast has grown and I am so thankful for you to choose to put me in your ears. If you are enjoying the podcast, please share it with another awesome boss babe that you think might enjoy it. This week on the podcast, we have a special guest with Margie Geiler Alanese. She is the creative person behind Farm Her. And I was introduced to her via her assistant who used to live in the area that I live in, Hudson, Wisconsin. And connected me to her and she is telling stories about women in agriculture. Now, if you don't know my story, I grew up on a dairy farm. And yes, I am from Wisconsin and I know how cliche that sounds, but y'all, it's real. And my mom worked at Sargento's Cheese, which is like this huge cheese company. So if you've eaten Sargento cheese, you know the story there. So my story is that I grew up on a dairy farm. I literally milked cows. I showed cows and it was a huge part of my foundation. In fact, one morning when milking cows at like five-ish in the morning, I was not the morning person I am now, y'all, okay? I did not like mornings back then. I remember my dad saying, Melissa, someday you will be so proud you grew up on a farm. And I appropriately rolled my eyes at him and was like, ugh. I'm pretty sure I grunted and shook my head just like that. And it's true. It's so true. Growing up on a farm has taught me so much about work ethic and about resiliency and about showing up over and over, which comes big time into play in running a business because so much of business is showing up over and over and over when you don't feel like it, when things aren't going right, and when they are going right. But most of the time things are kind of just mediocre and occasionally you get those really awesome days and you celebrate them because the average day is just showing up over and over. So Margie is sharing stories of women in agriculture and I just love her platform and she has grown this mega business and I am so excited for her to share with you all her nuggets of wisdom of being a mom, of being a business owner and her nitty gritty of what she's learning and going through in her life. So without further ado, I invite you to sit back and listen to the lovely Margie Geiler-Elenise as she shares her story with you. there, guys. Have you stopped over at MsMelissaRose.com? If not, I invite you to come over today. I get asked this question all the time. How in the world do you do it all? With five kids, a single mom, and two businesses, how do you manage to stay so consistent? Well, I created a freebie for you called my five top tools for consistency. And these are tools that I use every single day in my business, you guys, to help keep me accountable, to help keep me on target, and to help grow my business. And they Are shared there with you in my five top tools for consistency. So go on over to missmelissarose.com and pick up your free copy. Peace. Well, I'm so excited to have Margie on the podcast. I did a little bit of research on her and was super excited to know that she is all about farming and farm women and agriculture and promoting agriculture. So, Margie, thank you so much for being on in the nitty gritty. Thank you for having me. Of course. Awesome. So tell me, what did you want to be when you grew up Margie? Oh,
1: that's a really great question. I haven't been asked that in a long time. I wasn't going to be this probably, but here I am. I went to SeaWorld when I was really little and I loved the dolphins and the whales. So I decided I wanted to be like a marine biologist is what I would always tell people until I figured out that that takes like a whole lot of math. You're like basically a doctor. And (laughs) when you find out what I do, you'll understand I'm definitely more on the creative side of things, not so much on the math and science. So here I am.
0: (laughs) Let's go right in. What do you do? Tell our audience who you are, what you do.
1: Yeah, so I'm just a jaunt away from you. I'm in Iowa, born and raised here. I lived in the country growing up, but my parents weren't farmers. My grandparents were, though. There were cows, but I didn't have to take care of them like you did. I went to college for graphic design, journalism, and photography, and then I promptly started working in insurance, and it was agricultural insurance. I worked in agriculture for 11 years, and then I needed a break. I had one, we'll call him a baby, And uh, one toddler and my life was like in fast forward and I was like, what am I doing? If I'm still doing this, like insurance is very important. Don't get me wrong. Like I I think it's very important, but it was kind of killing me slowly. I needed to do something different, like for myself. Right. And so I was like, okay, I got to jump off this cliff. I got to figure out what I'm going to do next. Uh, So I quit my job. Like my rock, my steady piece that I'd been like, uh, working towards climbing that ladder for over a decade and I quit. And then I saw a commercial the weekend after I quit my job that helped me realize maybe you don't see enough of what women do in agriculture. And so while I'd been working in corporate agriculture, like it wasn't really like this had never like creeped into my brain, but as a woman who worked in corporate agriculture and was definitely in the minority, uh, in leadership in that industry, or in that company, it hit me hard. I was like, yeah, why don't we see more of these women? Like they're there, they're there in droves. As you know, if you grew up in the ag industry, like they're everywhere, you know? But why, when we see what a farmer looks like, why don't we ever see the women and what they do. And, and there's many, many reasons for that, I think. Uh, but ultimately, I started a photography project, and I came up with this name called Farm Her that was simple and fun. And uh, I used my graphic design background to kind of put together a logo and a website and start this project. And it's grown and changed. And But we what we do is I tell the stories of awesome women, like the women who grow the food that you and I get to eat, because heaven knows I'm not going to grow the food that I eat. That's not what I'm going to do. But there are people out there 37% of farmers in fact in this country are women and they play a huge role in making sure we all get you know healthy nutritious good food on our plate every day so I get to tell their stories I get to put them on a pedestal and like shine a
0: light on them And how fun is that? I love seeing your face. You guys, she's just lighting up. And it's so cool when you see somebody doing what their zone of genius is and what they're meant to do, and it just lights them up. And you truly are just on fire.
1: This is what I was meant to do. I never knew it, like I said, but here I am.
0: How long have you been doing this?
1: 2013 was when I started the photography project. I turned it into a business by the end of the year that year, trademarked the name, like kind of tried to get serious about it and figure out, okay, how how can this be sustainable? How can this go on? how can I juggle this with two little kids and I, I need a job again at some point, right? Like, so how am I going to make all this work? And so we're seven years in now, two years in the TV show opportunity came about. So uh, that's been a large part of the last five years. We're in our fifth season of our TV show, but it's kind of just been this snowball of, we've picked up more parts and pieces and different ways and places and, you know, methods of telling these stories, but we're still doing the same thing. Seven years later, ultimately.
0: So let's back up to the nitty of when you started you were in corporate and you didn't really know you just happened to see this commercial or whatever story being told on tv lucky you and then you're like wow i could do something like this and then you just talked about a little bit about how to make it a business what was one of the first things that you did to monetize and give yourself an income
1: yeah That part, like nitty gritty is a great word for it because it sounded exciting to have my own business and my own thing. But realistically, like I would worked in a company where you had an accounting department, you had a marketing department, you had an HR department. And I was like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I really don't know what to do. But you know what the biggest thing that I think about from that time period, my dad had his own company. And he had a solid team of, he had a, a lawyer, this was in the real estate industry, but he had a lawyer and he had an accountant who, a small business accountant. So I went to that same small business accountant and I was like, what do I even do? Like, I don't even know. And he was like, well, you got to file with the secretary of state. You got you to open a bank account and put money into it. And, and then the business starts and we'll file all that paperwork for you. And so I took $10,000 at that time. And that felt like a lot because remember I had quit my job. (laughs) And (laughs) and so I'm like, don't worry, husband, I promise you, I don't know what I'm doing, but I will, I said it like a hundred, if not a thousand times, I will figure this out. I don't know what, but I will figure this out. And so the $10,000 was gone almost immediately, but I had an accountant who helped me figure out how to start dealing with the accounting uh, I quickly learned it's better to pay somebody to do that, right, than than for me to try to figure that out. My energy is better spent elsewhere. Um, he helped me get the paperwork filed to, like, make it a business and tell me, like, should it be a LLC? Should it be a corporation? Like, what should I do? Like, those are all, like, scary big things that it's hard to know what to do in the beginning, but he helped take all that fear away. So that was great. So having somebody on your side to know the things that you don't know, even when you Don't really want to spend the money on that. It it was so worth it to set the framework right, and then I went to the Small Business Development Center around the same time, also because that's free and it's private, confidential. We all have them. We all pay taxes that pay into that system, and so why not use it? And I went there, and while I didn't walk out with like a solid business plan, I did walk out with like a few more tools in my pocket, right of of what I should be doing to start building some sustainability and give some legs to the business. So those were kind of the first parts and pieces. And then I did put a business plan together. Like I have an MBA, I should know how to do a business plan. But when it's your own baby, you're kind of just like, what, what do I do? And so I put a business plan together. And then I, you know, like, I don't even know if it's called the one spot, you know, at Target where they have like the dollar, $3, $5 stuff. I got this little like notepad and it had like a, a Monday, it was like the most basic planner ever, right? It was just a notepad of days of the week. And I wrote down like what I was going to do every day to like move this forward. Because if nobody else was going to talk about it, if I didn't keep talking about it. So I remember that like on Tuesdays, while my terrorist toddler should be napping, I was going to like cold call or cold email everybody that I could and fill up my calendar. And guess what I did? Like people... People magically don't say no when you reach out, even though it's super scary. Like that is not my, that's not my comfort zone. And then that terrorist toddler would never sleep when he was supposed to. So, you know, it was, it was a lot of juggle. But when I look back, the biggest thing is caring so much about it and being so excited about it, even though you don't know what to do, it's going to keep pushing you.
0: What I also heard is that you used your network. You had people in your network already that you leaned into and your pride did not hold you back from asking them and and you understood what you didn't know. And some of my best mentors that I've been around, that is their trait. That is their one trait is they know their weaknesses and they're not afraid to ask for help in those areas. And that is like, for me, I struggle with that big times. You emphasize that in all areas that you just said is your network, use them, lean into them and ask and talk about your business. They might not give you the business, but they know other people to connect you to. Right.
1: And that's the truth. That accountant has connected me to the attorney that I, that I regularly use and need or other parts and pieces that have like helped guide me, but you got to have that. And I, I wasn't an employee of this, this company for three years. Like I was just a volunteer. Okay. Cause it was hard to figure out how it could make money little bits and pieces and shirt sales are great, but, but it's not enough to like Really sustained. So everything went back into the business for three years. And it wasn't the easiest route, but I remember saying, I would rather pay the accountant to get this all set right than pay myself at this point, because I know that, like, you got to have a solid financial footing and all of that stuff. Like, even though it's not the fun, glamorous part, well, maybe if you're an accountant, it is, but. It's not the fun part about business, but it has to be done. Like your business will break if that's not all operating, right? So
0: you started taking pictures. Did you start with a blog?
1: I started taking pictures and written stories. So my undergrad degree, graphic design, journalism, and photography, it worked great to like pull all this together. And where I started was this platform called Zenfolio, which is not a blogging platform. Like if I could go back and do things different, I probably would have like maybe actually focused on how to actually build an audience better, but I didn't even like, I went into this thinking, I don't know if anyone's going to pay attention. Like this matters to me, but does this matter to other people? I don't know. So you know, there's always things that you might change, but I was on a platform called Zenfolio, which was really for photographers. It was a, it's a platform for photographers to monetize their business, and so the blog was very basic. My husband is an IT guy, and I was like, "You can build me a website, right?" And he was like, "No, you're going to do it yourself." And I was like, "What? This is not what I do." And he was like, "How are you ever going to like help yourself if you don't just do it?" And I was like, uh. <laughs> "Like, I hate you, but you're right. Like, I love you too." Thank you for pushing me. So it was a blog and I knew that we had, to, I had to hang my hat on these beautiful images, right? Like, cause that was something different than what most people were doing or, or anything that you'd seen. Like you, you had to be able to see these women. So that was, that was why it sat there in the beginning.
0: Can you tell us where it is
1: now? Yeah. Well, we've transitioned away from Zenfolio. Then we Shopify was a platform that we used for a number of years. And recently, like we have kind of retooled our business. So arms wide open, running it any way that I can share these stories, that we can figure out how to make this sustainable. Where are the people going to pay attention to this? How are they going to listen to this? And that looked like merchandise. That looked like speaking events. That looked like we started a podcast and a radio show and the TV show and digital social, you know, video and We were running everything. We were doing these events. And last year, we did nine of those events around the country, like ticketed events for people to come to at a staff of seven. And I had the opportunity to go through a business readjustment class through Goldman Sachs. And it kind of helped me say, okay, we got to back away from, you know, if there's a part of your business that feels good, but it's not performing well, you got to change something. And so... I feel really fortunate at this point that we made some hard decisions last year and moved away from events. I mean, hello, look at look at the situation that we're in this year. We made the decision to really focus on our media and how we could expand our digital audience last year. And so I brought on this fabulous uh, person named Jody O'Lean, who she's our digital strategist. And then we've got someone else who helps us on the digital side as well. And she's helped us really retool. And so now we've moved our platform for our pictures and for our stories over to WordPress where like a lot of people are (laughs) where you can build an audience much better than where we were. That wasn't where my brain was. And she's kind of brought that part into like, here's where we're going to help you grow an audience, you know? So now you go to our website and you can listen to the podcast and you can watch a YouTube video. You can, The pieces of the TV show. You can read the blog, you know, like it's all, it's all there now.
0: And you know what? You don't know what you don't know. And when you're starting out, we're all doing the best we can with what we know. And as you grow, you lean into people that you need to get you to the next step. Keeping on, keeping on and being a farm girl, you just do it. You you pull up your boots and just do it and get going. Margie, right now in your business or in your life, what are you struggling with? What's the nitty gritty that you're like, oh, help me with this right now?
1: Well, this year's been a challenge, right? I mean, it's been a challenge in many ways for everybody, whether COVID is making your business boom or whether it's driving it into the ground. It's a scary position to be in. My husband has worked alongside of me for the last two years. That's like an even scarier position. I mean, it it always has been, but like for many reasons, I traveled a lot before this. The, The juggle of our life was real and it still is in many ways. But the ups and downs have really like kind of made me step back and look at like how we diversify what we do and what ways can we further diversify that so that if like one piece falls down over here, how can another piece lift up over here? Right. Mm-hmm. And I've always known that uh, it's something that you, you know, we're always working towards, but diversification in that. Now, conversely, I have a life and a family. I've got two kids they're doing, like, I told them they have to stay in the other part of the house right now, you know, their hybrid model school from home. I'm dealing with aging parents and health issues there, like, right now, and we just bought an acreage. So, right now, I'm like, what are you doing, Margie? (laughs) Like, what are you even doing? But it's okay. I run every morning, and I try to balance myself out a little bit so that I can, like, maneuver through the day. But you know what? This is just the season of life, right? Like, It is. And it wouldn't change any of it. So, you know, whether it's business or whether it's personal, we have these hats that we put on maybe every like 10 minutes during the day. (laughs) I'm sure you know exactly. Even though I'm like, man, I'm a pro at juggling this by now. You know what? I'm not. (laughs) And I never will be. The next mountain will seem higher or the valley will seem lower. And it's just figuring out how to navigate through that. So that's where I am. like this whole year has been like that, right? Like it's whether business or personal. I don't.
0: I love it. Very, very honest and real. Love it. Okay, I want to talk two things. Um, you have your husband working for you, which I have some listeners. They're in the transition of maybe thinking about doing that, and that's ah, I'm divorced. <laughs> so it's very scary. <laughs> but it's like, very scary. Yes, yes. So. Does he report to you or do you have him reporting to somebody else so that you can, there's a buffer? If he was sitting here, he'd probably say he does report to me.
1: I kind of drive all decisions and what goes where here. I won't lie. Like the first year it was like, at times I was like, what are we doing? Um, and so to to back up even though he didn't help me build that website from the beginning, whenever like fires come up, he's always helped me figure out how to put them out. Like he's always been there. He's been a cheerleader, you know, and he is a technical person. So he could help me manage through some of those things that I wasn't quite sure how to manage through. And so he's also a musician. So he's helped me with the podcast. And when we brought on the radio show, he like worked with them on all the things that I didn't understand. I'm sitting in a room full of microphones that I couldn't even hook up one of them, you know? And so he's, he's been important and he was working for probably like 20 hours a week for farm her before we made that switch and juggling, like I might've been traveling every other week. And so like juggling the kids and it kind of came down to like, he also can't wear all the hats all the time, right? We have to have stability in our life in some way. And so by him, Stepping away from that job, it allowed him to put more on farm her. From the get-go, he has been like the catch-all kind of. I was like, okay, well, this person just left. And so here's the merchandise program. Like, can you handle this? You know, and even though he's like, this isn't what I do. He's jumped in and handled it. He refines processes like a pro. But we did learn, like, he has to have his areas and I have mine. And, like, I don't sit there and be like, you need to do this, this, and this today. Like, he... Deals with the things that are on his plate. Obviously, we've both been working at home. We have an office, but we haven't been going there. He was like, you have to treat me like another person that you work with versus just busting in my door every 10 minutes when there's a problem. Because I have to get work done, too. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, the, the juggle of personal relationship and professional one it's hard. Like we go on dates and we still talk about work. I mean, that's just our life. You know, I wouldn't change it for the world because we have ultimate flexibility, like, you know, to juggle what we need to juggle.
0: So yeah. as a mompreneur, what nugget of wisdom would you share with moms starting a business or in a business? What have you learned that this is my go-to rock?
1: You actually said this earlier, and I think this is the piece of advice I try to, I try to give people. It doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to get started. And I'm kind of a person that wants it all to be just just so, right? I want it to look just right. I want it to be just right. And honestly, without somebody pushing me, I probably wouldn't have actually started hair because I was like, well, look at this great idea, but what if it fails? And I don't know how to, be able to build a website. Where should I build a website? Like, just do it. And then if it works, you can adjust it and make it better or make it bigger or whatever later. Like, it might not be the most ideal, but you're never going to have any of the opportunities that you don't take, you know? So if you have an idea or maybe you're already in your business and if you have an an idea of where to go, like you just need to give it a try as long as you can fail fast and feel cheap with it.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I am not a perfectionist. So that's been to my benefit because I just, I just throw it out there and, and and see and figure it out and then tweak it. And not all my ideas are brilliant and we just, we figure it out. Okay, so I have to tell the audience how we came full circle with you and me. You may not know this or you may know. But I had a student, I am a dance teacher, I have a dance studio and I had a private student come sign up for a lesson. And she had to cancel the day before because she was in a beef show and made the championship and couldn't participate. Now, keep in mind this is 2020. There's not much happening. So As a farm girl who showed cows, I was like, oh, you're so excited. But then I was like, wait a minute. What? Where is she showing? And I walk every morning and I happen to listen to your podcast with the three ladies that started this, created this state fair. Yeah. In Wisconsin. Yes. And I'm listening to it. And I'm getting teary-eyed because I remember those those years, y'all, are so memorable in good ways. I mean, so much hard work. I thank my parents for getting up and taking us to the fair and doing all this stuff because it's hard work, y'all. But those are good friends and it's just such good, good memories all around. So I was nostalgic about it, but then I was like, oh I wonder, oh my gosh, is that is that where my student went? So then she came back for the lesson and I go, was this in Milwaukee? Is this where you did it? And she goes, yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Margie, <laughs> podcast? she's going to be on my podcast. And it was so fun That's awesome. and it's such a full circle moment. And I was like how your people connected with my people and it just, so yeah. cool. that was super fun. So
1: I love that because we tend to think of farmers like in this little pod over here, like they're different than us or they look a certain way and no, it can be the dancer. It can be like everything, right? It's just a piece of who they are, mm-hmm. you know, is, is that livestock or growing food or whatever it is. So I love that.
0: Yeah, I, I just I had to tell you that story because it was so fun.
1: This was a fun conversation. We covered a bunch of good stuff. So yeah. thank you very much for uh, giving me the space to chat. This was, this was fun.
0: Yes, and everybody, you must go check her out. So Margie, where is the best place for people to find you and see your work?
1: That new website that I mentioned, it's just farmher.com. So F-A-R-M-H-E-R.com. And you can
0: see all the things we do there. Yes. Yes. It's really great. You guys, YouTube, podcast, everything. So check it out. Go listen to her. Go support her. Go give her a message. Tell her what you took away. And I just so appreciate your time in coming on the Nitty Gritty and shining your light to our audience. So thank you so much, Margie. Thank you. All right, y'all. We'll see you here same time, same place. Peace out. Bye-bye. Hey there, guys. Real quick, if you are loving the podcast, could you do me a huge favor? Would you rate and review this podcast so other people could find it? That is the best way for people to find more about In the Nitty Gritty. Thanks so much. Peace.